0: to do your thing, an unapologetic celebration of every version of motherhood. I'm Tamsin Williamson, a life and mindset coach for mums, also known as the Parenthood Coach. And through this podcast, I'll be sharing some beautifully open, honest conversations with inspiring, passionate women who also happen to be mothers about how they loudly and proudly do their thing in life and motherhood in their own unique and authentic ways. Plus, I'll give you an insight into how I do my thing and what that means for me, my career and family. I hope these conversations inspire you to feel the freedom to do your thing and embrace your version of motherhood in a way that feels aligned, empowering, and honours your whole self. This is your invitation to do your thing. So, let's get on with the show. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Do Your Thing. And this week I am sharing a wonderfully down-to-earth conversation that I had with Louisa Hussey about how she has found a way to do her thing while navigating what she describes as being the worst menopause ever. If you are a woman... The menopause is an inevitability, whether you care to face that reality or not just yet. And as Louisa shares, while we will all have very different experiences, for some of us, the menopause can be a pretty turbulent time of our lives if we don't have the tools or support to take ownership of how our bodies are changing and what we really need. Off the back of her own challenging menopause journey, Louisa has not only found her own way to regain control over how her life looks and feels, but she's also used her experience to support other women to do the same. I'm actually going to quote Lou directly, because I feel like this summary that she gave me about what she's all about, that it will likely really speak to so many of you listening who potentially might also be struggling right now. So she says, I'm a menopause coach, therapist and best mate for anyone being kicked in the tits by their hormones. I violently despise the term midlife and the phrase menopausal gives me the ick. Instead, I give a huge, massive fuck about being the happiest, emotionally balanced and regulated I can be so that I can feel really like myself and give my children the happiest childhood possible. I think you can probably get a sense of the vibe that this conversation took just from that. During this wonderful and highly entertaining chat we discussed so much including the importance of destigmatizing the menopause and instead owning this chapter of our lives for ourselves head on. We talked about the power of self-trust and staying connected to ourselves, even when we're finding it really hard to recognize ourselves. And Lou shares how leaning into simplicity and ease has been a key survival technique for her. Plus, she shares a heap of other amazing tips to help you do the menopause in a U-shaped way. So, without further ado, let's get this fab episode underway enjoy. Hi Louisa, welcome to the podcast. Oh hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries, I'm so excited to have you on today. Um, so we're going to just jump straight in there and start a uh, what I know is going to be a no doubt entertaining um, and very uh, informative conversation with you today and I'm First of all, just really interested to know what doing your thing looks like in your world right now, because that is ultimately what we are celebrating today and throughout all episodes of this podcast.
1: Oh, well, it, I think it's a really great question because, in fact, I wondered if everyone might have the same answer, but a variation on it. But for me, doing my own thing means being totally certain. Of myself so at the beginning of my business I was definitely like this is amazing and everyone should know about it and then somewhere along the line other people's voices creep in your head right and the online world becomes very hierarchical and there's people who are crushing it and you know and the meters for success become very um visible and very talked about and I got really cross, got really cross with all that because I was like, well, who gets to decide what's right for me? And actually, I don't always know what that is myself. So it's quite easy to be sucked into trying to live somebody else's version of doing your thing. So for me, it's very much around, does this feel good to me? Does, um, do I feel like I'm pushing against something or does this feel like, yeah, like this is, this is just going to be it. And I feel very much, I, I feel like I am very much a leap and your wings will grow kind of person. And that I think is reflected in my work. I think it's reflected in in the language I use around coping with hard things. And for me, it's about curating a, sen- a sense of peace mm. that's not just cognitive, but physical. So your whole body feels warm when it feels right Mm. and it feels very exciting and a bit like yeah everyone should do this rather than you should all do this I love (laughs) it it's like it's like a full body yes yeah Yeah, I really think that it should feel um like you're getting into a, a bath at the perfect temperature like a and and actually I'm sure she won't mind me saying, my sister got married um, a couple of months ago and she said in her speech, which was glorious, she said, I wondered, I questioned when's the first time I fell in love with you? And the answer is, I don't know, because loving you was the most natural thing that ever happened. And I thought, that's it. That's the thing that feels right for me, that this just feels like, oh yeah, of course I'll do this, rather than how do I make it work? Mm. Does that help?
0: <laughs> it does. Yeah, it sounds it's great. It's great. I wanna get, I wanna, yeah, totally with you on that one. It sounds wonderful. Um and so in this chapter of your life, mm-hmm. what's going on for you or what's been going on for you where you might be doing your thing particularly prominently right now?
1: What is going on? So for me, I have been through I would, I'm going to be quite proud and say I think I've been through the worst possible menopause that anybody in the history of the world has ever experienced. I've definitely experienced, I think, probably 80% of the symptoms that they talk about. And and I'm doing this 10 years before any of my friends. So I've been on this really isolated, physically tough time where my entire body seemed to be arguing against my brain. So I have So those of you who don't know me, I am an ideas person. Like I come up with ideas all the time, left, right and centre and want to share them with the world. And when your body stops you from doing that, it it is incredibly depressing and it can create a a sense of mistrust. So that thing we talked about at the beginning about being able to trust yourself. I've not actually been able to do that for quite a while because my head was saying one thing, but I knew it was not. I didn't trust my thought on it. So hard. Really, really tough. And I, um, back earlier this year, I did a closing down sale. I said, that's it. I'm finished. Can't do it because my body is making me lie down all the time. And I, I physically hurt. I was in a lot of pain and a massive emotional roller coaster. So I said, you know what? I can't trust my thought. And my thought is carry on, carry on, carry on. Even if, even if. You know? And so I was like, Do you know what? I wonder what would happen if I listened to that which feels wrong because I know inherently my part of this world is to deliver what I always what I deliver to people. Um but I was like, Do you know what? I'm just gonna shut for a little bit. I'm just gonna shut up for a little bit. Shut up, shut. And I did a closing down sale. <laughs> God was, and it was the most fun I've had all year. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was just the most liberating thing to be like, you could all fuck off and I don't have to do this anymore. And I can make this a really fun thing. And I think I had more more engagement and more sales that month than I have had in about a year because everyone was like, oh, well, if you're shutting up, I'll take some. And I was like, you fuckers (laughs) (laughs) talking to you for years and now you want me, you know, it was a bit like that. (laughs) Um, so I, so I gave myself permission to take a break is what I gave myself permission Mm -hmm. to do with no clear idea of what was going to happen. Um, and I kept thinking it will come. It will it will reveal itself. Mm. And I'm just going to sit in the void. Mm. I'm just going to sit until it reveals itself. And I tried a couple of things. And I pushed a few things out and and I had some people going, oh, I thought you were like stopping all this. And I was like, ah, I don't know what's happening. And then it just came and I was like, oh, of course. This is where I'm supposed to be, which is helping people through their perimenopause, the menopause, postmenopause, dealing with the turbulence that that brings. And I feel so very, very equipped <laughs> to help people because not only have I experienced ninety percent of what they're also going through, but my background in in women women's health in general, you know, coping with strong emotions. This it just becomes very like that getting in the bath. Ah. Oh, this is where I'm meant to be. Mm. This feels right. And and yes, there may be people out there who want the um, very glossy menopause support person who is not struggling anymore. But I'm like, well, I am the reality of lots of people, which is I know what fatigue looks like now. I thought I knew it when I had small babies. May, no, it's a whole different level. And and I know what the all the gross stuff is like. I mean, I remember telling somebody earlier this year of all the physical stuff that happened to me, and their face—they were absolutely appalled. And I was like, "Oh, I don't mean to scare you, but..." And this isn't going to happen for everyone. And really, what I what I really feel fired up about now is because I now know all this, I'm here to not to warn, but to equip, mm-hmm. so that there's not a, a whole generation of women going. I think I have dementia or waking up thinking that not having sex because it hurts is a normal thing Mm. or that everybody just gets really, everyone's boobs hurts, right? Everyone's boobs hurt and they don't. (laughs) I just thought that was a thing. And now I'm like, if this starts happening for you, now you know what it is. Yeah. It's like an education piece. And The support, which is now how my work looks, and very much around menopause is not old ladies in good housekeeping in cardigans. It's not grey perms. It's not sad old ladies eating prunes because they're so constipated. And that's what I thought it was. And there is so
0: much fear, isn't there, around it? You know, um, there was somebody locally to where I live who was advertising and she she specialises in menopause work as well. She was doing some kind of um, menopause brunch and she was promoting it on a local Facebook group. And it was amazing how many people were like, you know, within the age bracket that was mentioned, they were like, oh my gosh, I found it so depressing even just reading this post because I'm not menopausal yet. And there was so much like fear and defensiveness and kind of shying, denial. shying away, denial, like feeling that it was something to dread and to fear. So many negative connotations. So yes. Yeah. Rewriting this story, destigmatizing it—something mm-hmm. that is ultimately an inevitability, right? Or, Arsal, and as you've proven, you can't necessarily guarantee when it's going to creep mm-hmm. up on you either, right?
1: Yeah, um, and, and you're right. Like destigmatizing it, but also like championing the the the, the image of people have in their heads. And I follow lots and lots of. Very nice menopause um, support people and trainers and and they're all at least ten years older than me. They're all late fifties, and am I looking at them like I don't? That's not me, and that's really annoying because then mm-hmm. you're even more isolated because you can't find anywhere to that you feel that you belong. Right? And menopause, yeah, it's inevitable, but not everyone is gonna die a small death like I did. And that's one like arm of what I do is to be able to say, it might be rough, but it also might not be. And let's not dwell on the, oh my God, this is never going to end kind of vibe, mm. because it will. And the other side of it, I'm mostly through it. And I'm like, do you know what? I feel so much more... Um, I guess there's this phrase and someone said it to me and I kind of took offence to it. They said, oh, you're, the way you speak is like, so no bullshit. And I'm like, mm, I feel like it's a little bit toneless because I am a bit no bullshit. But really, it's more like it never occurs to me to to not give a shit. Do you know what I mean? Like It's not that I don't give a shit. I give a lot of shit about a lot of things. But it's more like I want to I want to give people the, the the confidence to say, oh, do you know what? No, I'm not coming for Christmas. That's okay. That's just a thing we're doing. Rather than it being this big, enormous, I'm not taking your bullshit kind of vibe.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you're taking ownership over
2: it's, your yeah.
0: menopause, over your needs, over who you are it's, and what you believe. And, yeah. you know, actually, despite the hurdles and... The discomfort and you know the 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 way that you've seen your life kind of be totally turned on its head off the back of it. It sounds mm-hmm. like through owning your menopause, actually what you're able to do is not only support other people through mm-hmm. what they're going through, but also would you say that you've found a whole new level of support for yourself
1: through yeah. it? Yeah, and and it's also about um talking like a real person
2: Mm.
1: you know this is the reality if you want me to come into your office and talk about menopause you are going to be probably a little bit appalled and actually people want that they want the truth they don't want someone in a briefcase and a nice blazer to talk around it in polite business terms well that's my experience so far the people who've come to me have gone nobody talks like you nobody says firstly we should be talking about this like woman to woman and woman to men like my poor husband (laughs) like bless him you know but even like he's like what's wrong with you and I'm like how can you ask me that the answer is I have no control sometimes over what comes out of my mouth because sometimes the connection between verbal and thoughts is disconnected so yeah I will say stuff that makes absolutely no sense and in this house that face, that contempt, when you're like, what are you on about? It's not allowed. It's not okay. Mm. You're going to have to start interpreting a bit like, you know, when toddlers start learning to speak and only certain people can understand them. It's a bit like the the frustration when you can't get your words out is like that. And initially that's really quite frustrating. It's really frightening. Mm. It's really embarrassing. And now I'm like, oh, do you know what? I can now just go just so you know i might not make any sense today and i don't take any shame in that and i've been in meetings where i've gone nope it's totally gone just gotta wait (laughs) just gotta wait and then they're expecting it happened in the uh, the weekend and i was trying to explain about us what i was trying to say was i have a real synergy with this particular organization but i was like no i don't know the word just wait half an hour and then i was like synergy (laughs) It's, the word is synergy. And they were like, we weren't expecting anything eloquent. Like, just because I can't remember it in the time doesn't mean I'm stupid. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. And I think
0: there is so much to be taken. Like, there, there is such a parallel here as well when, for example, you become a parent for the first time. And, you know, again, it's another one of those phases on the the joyful female journey where Absolutely. your, you know, your life is, is again, turned on its head, where you're sleep deprived, where you get mm-hmm. brain fog or baby brain or whatever it is that we want to call it, where we probably can get really frustrated with ourselves for not yes. feeling or behaving in the way that we used to, or the way we thought we would, you know, another one Uh of these chapters of our lives where a massive dose of self compassion could go such a long way. And that ability to, uh, for uh, for for real talk, as you sort of use that that phrase before, for people feeling like they're not alone, feeling seen right. and feeling heard, like talking to them like real people, sharing the warts and all experience of it mm-hmm. like that's something that I resonate with massively, and it's an approach that you know I really try and bring into mm-hmm. my client work as well because that is what people need at all of these different. You know transitional phases, particularly mm-hmm. when it is so out of their control, how right. their bodies yeah. and their minds are going to behave. Right?
1: Yeah, and 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 you you talked about self compassion, and for me, it's about being able to hold yourself and love yourself the way that you would love somebody else going through this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and I think that's for lots of my clients, that bit is the, is quite startling. I'm like no we just need to sort it out and I'm like "Ah, ah, ah." we start with you you know we can't deal with I'm I'm afraid I can't change your mother but what I can do is I can change the way you react because you know I think the older we get you know just by nature we start going actually that's not okay anymore Mm -hmm. so whether it's relationships with your parents whether it's your husband or your partner. Um, whether it's you know bosses, people are like you know enough of this, but really what it is is about being able to trust yourself so much to say this is not okay, and I'm and I'm going to be in charge of myself through it, and we don't know what the end result will be, and like trusting that, mm.
2: um,
1: navigating just using the stars rather than you know what society says, mm-hmm. and. I think there's something like seven out of 10 divorce proceedings start during perimenopausal years. I mean, it's frightening Mm. and lots and lots of people my age, I, I know lots of people who are going through really, really complicated and distressing times with their family because, because of the way things have been set up, you know, you know, like new parents and they're like, yeah, we're dead excited. But also it suddenly illuminates the cracks. And people go on different directions with what they want out of life,
2: mm.
1: and it becomes incredibly um, stark to see. Oh my God, we are—we're not, not even on the same boat. We're going—you know—you're on the cruise, and I'm in the pedalo. You know, and how you can bring that together and say, actually, do you want to fix it? And if so, it starts with you. Mm. It can be. Some people don't want to hear that. Mm. And particularly with the menopausal stuff, you know, the rage that comes, the um, hormonal chaos when people are fine one day and then suddenly, like, you know, World War Three happening over, teeth brushing or shoes or <laughs> any of that sort of stuff.
2: Mm.
1: Is the, the more you can come back to the center, like, I, I struggle to find, like, layman terms for this, but if you can remember at the beginning of every day and at the end of every day that, that it's just a bad day. Mm. Not a bad life, and also that um, this this too shall pass. I guess is the ethos of a lot of this. That it's just a season, mm. and you know we don't know what the weather will be like.
2: Mm.
0: And this sounds we'll, like very wise advice for yeah all of us, whatever we're going through at the moment. But particularly, you know, what you're describing here and the all encompassing effect. That it has the potential to have, you know, that sounds like just such a simple way to day by day make your way through it.
1: Yeah. Start the day every day, listen to all the nonsense that your head will tell you, and then make a decision. Do you know what? What if today will be okay? The menopause is, it does feel like it could be quite scary for some. And it doesn't have to be if you are given the right information in a way that lands for you Mm. you know I met a girl last week and she said she's 40 she works for a big law firm and it said it's male and it's stale and now we're like what should we do about menopause and she's like I don't know I'm 40 what do I know about it and then I was talking to her and she was like and now I'm even listening I think I probably am and what do we do I'm like this is the start we don't have to be frightened we don't have to Listen to all of Davina's stuff, which is really frightening for some people. We can just go, okay, I'm just gonna take it slow, get somebody in who knows, mm. who can deliver the information. You go, Oh, ah, all right. Phew! Panic over. Mm. Totally.
0: And totally. and on that note, <laughs> tell me about some of the things that have made this journey easier for you what what are some of the things or some of the people like what what has helped or what what has the going through this given you on a positive side
1: yeah so um for those who don't know I use EFT I do tapping um which is a, a coping skill for really high stress and anxiety and it works for really big stuff. So it works for trauma with capital T or trauma with little t, you know, so um, really historic stuff. It can help clear the emotional intensity. So for me, um, tapping has kept me balanced. So going through phases of this is really awful and I don't know what's good. I'm feeling like there's no hope at the minute. Tapping will always bring me down off the ceiling, it will always bring me off the oh no catastrophizing if we don't even little things like oh god we've not got any cheese to put on top of the pasta like massive when you're in, in out of balance that can feel like the end of the world mm. and that then it gets infused to your kids right then they're like oh but there isn't any cheese because you're really worried about the cheese it's a stupid thing but tapping then brings you down and go okay let's have a reality check Yes, it's annoying we don't have cheese. Are we gonna die? I don't think we're gonna die about cheese. What could we do? Let's brainstorm. And I try to cultivate that at home, particularly a an environment of hmm, yeah, what can we do? What should we do about this? And that helps take the pressure off me to know the answers. And mm-hmm. uh, my six year old, she knows all the answers, as you can well imagine she's got an answer for everything but she's helpful you know that i find that helpful for me and mm. um, the other thing that i really uh, recommend to people is lying on the floor <laughs> with your legs up on the wall it sounds simple but it's really grounding for me and when i'm really tired and i can't pick my face off the floor it's it just feels like a supported place for me and um, the other thing that i do do i do some work with um one of my very good friends and she does um like trauma therapy she does family constellations as a therapy and I've been doing some sessions with her to help me cope with some of the biggest stuff that's been going on around our family and life in general. And that has been hugely beneficial for me. Um, and I would like to suggest that I do loads of exercise, but it's an absolute lie. <laughs> so for me, exercise feels like just another thing to put on the to-do list. Mm. Um, but I make myself walk and I've decided that is enough for now. You know, maybe in a few years when I'm not half unconscious half the day I will be more active but the pressure to be fit and healthy and weight training particularly is the narrative you know you need to be moving for your bones for me that feels very stressful Mm. and therefore inaccessible and so I just don't put it anywhere near my to-do list Mm -hmm. and but lots of other people get a lot of benefit out of that so it's really about I think particularly the, the tapping thing for me it helps really understand You know, a client comes to me and they say, this is all of the nonsense that's happening. And this is what I've been told to do. And actually, that makes me feel worse. Mm -hmm. Eat more protein and more fiber. Okay. The reality is that's a five-step process for me. And I can't do one. The five steps being think about it, write it down, get to the shop, buy the food, cook the food. Five -hmm. steps to changing your diet. (laughs) And when you can't think, you don't even know what day it is or you've forgotten 900 things on your to-do list and you don't know when your mum's birthday is and you forgot to send a card and everyone thinks you're an idiot, I'm afraid that stuff is not <laughs> possible for me. And and I'm very happily, I like to be able to break that down for people. So, you know, they say, well, you, if you just do your meal planning on, on a Sunday,
2: and I'm like, oh,
1: no, that's just not a thing for me right now. And maybe it will be at some point. I may I have had bursts of energy where suddenly I'm like, all right it's all planned and then we get to the you know it happened today Wednesday my stepson has a fast turnaround for school and football so we always have pasta because it's quick do we have any pasta no we don't so that for me is is the epitome of the reality you know you can plan all you like but then you forget to put pasta on your list or you just forget to pick it up because you know it goes on and on So those are the things that I do. Amazing,
0: And it sounds like, you know, some of these things that you've just talked about, it sounds so, you know, lots of let's keep it simple, lots of simplification. Oh, my God, yeah. Lots of, like, letting things go. (laughs) Right. Yeah, make it easy. Yeah, and lots of Mm self-compassion. And actually, again, these are such important principles that Mm -hmm. can make life so much easier. And it just makes me think, you know, I am I, hearing a lot of like, this is what you should do. And here's the mm-hmm. rule. And actually, I think the reality is like some people love rules. Some people love it. to be told what mm-hmm. to do. But actually, if you're not that way inclined, then, you know, it can bring about all sorts of really new challenging
1: thoughts wow. and feelings around like not doing things right. Yeah, it gets a bit like, well, no wonder you feel a bit crap because you've not been eating your vegetables. And you're like, get in the bin. I'd rather have toast. Yeah. Because there and then the thought of having to figure out a way to cook broccoli that tastes nice is too much. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, my whole ethos for a very long time now has been make it easy. What's the easiest thing? What's the easiest way of this? Mm. And I think lots and lots of women don't know that's an option. And actually, they don't like it as an option because, you know, all the guilt comes in and all the, but who who am I to be the person who's not stressed? Mm -hmm. at the school gates who Mm -hmm. am I to be the woman who is at the school gates and not working their ass off Mm -hmm. you know um and and you know all I I just like make it easy yeah I take the take I don't put pressure on anything Mm -hmm. all the way down to you know even my daughter's hair which 90% of the time is fine but if she doesn't want to brush it I, I am not gonna I'm not even gonna pretend because I'm just not in the market for explosions in the morning, it just will mess with my head. So as long as it's up, fine.
0: Totally. I'm with you on that. And have you, have you always been that way? Like, have you always been kind of the type of person who, you know, went easy on yourself or, you know, embraced ease, simplification? Has this been a, is this been something that you're kind of well versed in before getting to this stage of your life?
1: That's a really great question. And I don't know the answer. I think it's been here since I started my business. I definitely felt a load of pressure to be doing all the things when Imogen was little, and she's nearly seven, so maybe like past six years, I've definitely been, wow, why would you do that?
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> why, why would you spend any energy doing that? And um, I guess maybe because things have been wild here for a bit, that I've been like, do you know what? I know I'm not putting anybody through unnecessary drama and stress if we if at all possible
2: mm.
1: unless it feeds into my parenting massively which probably is going to bite me on the ass because my daughter is very strong willed but I'm not prepared to have that I don't want that connection with her where she has to do the things I'm like here's homework I'm going to put it out should we have a look at it And if she slightly makes a big face, I'm like, all right, like, fine. I just don't believe in that. And I think because I have physically been so rough, you know, like if I need to do my work on the sofa in a hot blanket, then that's what I'm going to do. And if I feel like I have to sit at a table and do it, then I'm not going to do it, you know, those sort of things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I was just going to ask you, like, you know, what impact – experiences that you've been navigating in more recent months what impact that's had on your experience of motherhood as well so it sounds like it's definitely like you know accentuated your already already the tendency that you had to kind of really like lean into ease yeah really how's, how's it how's it impacted your kind of experience of motherhood or your relationship with your kids
2: i if
1: i'm honest i think it's been for the best I'm extremely um patient and I the very nature of what I do I'm you know uh, my clients they come with some stuff so I hear a lot of stuff that has been with them since they were little so I have a real probably way too much knowledge about what can really mess somebody up um so I'm probably a little bit overly cautious about (laughs) you know upsetting them for sure and i don't like to do that but i'm also quite clear on boundaries but i think what it's really taught me is that actually a load of this stuff is just not important mm. and speaking as an ex-primary school teacher i place no emphasis on homework at all like we've got a project a project to do that's gonna like, take us a week and i'm like do you know i don't know when i'm gonna sit down and do that because that feels like a big thing and unless she wants to do it I'm not going to push it and the same with my stepson and I know this is probably a little bit controversial but if he doesn't want to do his homework I'm not prepared to scream about it Mm. just not going to do it and and I've been quite clear with um in in my position on that if his dad wants to sit and scream at him about math that's his job Mm. but for me no and I'm not prepared to rock the boat on that stuff and I'm not prepared to get divorced over school shoes or tooth cleaning or who's taking the bins out i just don't i just never got time for that mm-hmm. what's important to me is that i feel loved that i am able to love and that everybody knows where they stand with that mm-hmm. you know and whatever people choose to do in their own homes is up to them mm-hmm. but if you come here you'd probably find it quite quiet you know we don't have lots of stuff going on we don't plan lots of things i don't believe in rather around doing a thousand things. Mainly because I've been too bloody tired to do them. You know, we don't I, we don't do Saturday morning activities because to be up and dressed before nine, no chance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't want that in my life right now. And that might that will change. I know it will, but, but right now, it's like what's easy, what's the tea. Mm. I don't know. Find something. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, can we have Nutella? And I'm like, well, have we had Nutella this week? Oh, yeah, all right. right. You can have Nutella on toast. I'd much preferred that than. Oh my god. I have to go to Tesco's at ten o'clock because I haven't bought. I don't know, some broccoli. Of- I do try and give them broccoli
0: just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed they eat broccoli. To get my kids to eat broccoli would be <laughs> a huge achievement. Um, <laughs> it, it's funny what you're the way that you're talking about um, about this, and I suppose the, the shifts that have gone on in your household off the back of um, how you've been feeling and what you've been experiencing it's reminded me it's got a bit of like pandemic vibes or lockdown mm-hmm. vibes you know that that experience that people had where they were they were forced essentially to make huge adjustments mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the way that they live their lives the things that yeah. filled up their time the way the people that they spent time with how they chose to show up in day-to-day life etc and while a lot of people really did miss their old life And how they used to do things. There are so many people who even now at this stage, they're like, yeah, we're still kind of riding the wave. You know, there's things that we, there's changes that we made that maybe were out of the most challenging of circumstances and very much out of our control. But somehow, you know, it's brought a really positive shift or change into our lives.
1: Yeah, And I think, you know, maybe we never quite got out of the pandemic. For us, you know, because my brain fog meant that I couldn't plan anything. The thought of planning, oh, it, it, I just went shut shutdown. You know, if somebody sent me a text saying, oh, hi, uh, would you like to book a blah blah on this day? I'd be like, I have no idea. Don't know. I don't even know when that is. I don't even know what day it is. I can't, that's too much. So we just stopped planning. And I, <laughs> I remember it was my mum's 70th. And their wedding anniversary, and there was something else involved, all in the same like six week bracket. So I'm on all, you know, what family WhatsApp with all this chat, and I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. What are we doing on that day? And then the, you know, my sisters were like, "Sake, you know, get on with, get to grips with this." And I was like, Ah, don't know. And they're like, Just write it down. I'm like, Right, well, I don't even know where my notebook is. So by the time I find my notebook, I've forgotten what I'm writing in it. And then the comedy you'd write it in, but on the wrong day. <laughs> so you're like, well, I don't well, I'm out of, I don't know what to do now. So that's not <laughs> so we're just not gonna do it. Just let you have to then tell me. And that's the way it has been for a long time. Mm-hmm. I would love to come, but you have to tell me where it is because I've got no chance. And and maybe that's that's quite a nice place to be. Maybe it's really annoying for everyone else, but they've not said it so far. So but I guess that's also a thing about um asking for what you want yeah what do what what do you want well actually I want you just to remind me yeah if you can't remind me then that' gonna happen totally
0: and and I suppose there's a big part of this which is also like telling people what's going on for you like not feeling this need to like have you know be so proud and pretend that you've got it all together and that everything's fine Mm -hmm. and dandy when actually you're struggling and you're finding it difficult and sort of communicating that with people because that's when people can they know that they you know they know to offer help without even being asked for it or they can show you the compassion that you need
1: yeah and you know it's like things like and then it is very similar I guess to when you have small kids is you know, people will come around and they'll say, what do you need? And you're like, ah, everything. I need to have, I need something to eat. I need to have something to drink. I need to have my hair cut. I need a poo. I need a shower. And I need 12 hours sleep. Can you bring something that will fill up something to do with that? Mm-hmm. And I guess now it's very much that actually, if you ask me what I need, I don't know what I need. But what I can only do is say, currently the houses is a shit tip because I cannot clean it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay i say what, would you like me to pay for a cleaner to come?
2: Mm. <laughs> yes, I really
1: would. That's really supportive rather than, Godly, what's wrong with you? You need to clean your house. Do you know mm. that kind of vibe? And I won't tolerate that. Mm. Um, so what I would do is I'd just put massive, no thanks, I don't speak about that. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's just <laughs> as easy as it can be. Mm-hmm. So, how, so much, how, how much do you kids understand what
0: you've been going through like was there any sort know. of communication with them about or explanation around it how did um, you handle it with them?
1: my stepson knows he knows what menopause is but I had to really explain that in like he's only 13 so he was a bit like Whoa, uh, girls periods that kind of vibe um my daughter she knows that I wear stickers so I have like patches Um, hormone uh, estrogen patches she knows I have stickers and she knows I have um, magic gel for my body which is my testosterone but I tend to put that on when she's not around because I don't want her getting any of that on her um (laughs) and she knows I get my words wrong and that's just a thing like she doesn't know we've not had conversations about periods or anything mainly because I don't really have them so it's not like she's sat in the loo with me and you know in the the bath with me whatever Um, she does know that knicker stickers exist because i always thought that was quite a cool way to explain what that was. <laughs> it. but I, but again there's not there's not really that you know we don't have them in the bag i don't know what you would like to have teenage kids to talk to about it but um i've just been i just talked to her about the way i feel you know today mm-hmm. mommy me is classy tired to do that so let's do something quiet or sit where i can sit down and do it mm-hmm. um and maybe when she's older she'll kind of clock it a bit i guess but
0: I suppose you'll be into Um, a new phase and stage by that point anyway.
1: I've been retired and living life. I've got my (laughs) (laughs) cruise.
0: Finally. Um, Yeah. Amazing. So to wrap up this conversation, and I know that you've sort of shared so many tips and great nuggets that I'm sure people find so supportive, but I also know that particularly when you're in the thick of it, in the thick of any challenging phase Mm -hmm. of your life, like knowing what that step is that you Mm -hmm. can take to take you even one step closer to feeling that bit better can feel massively overwhelming and you can Mm -hmm. stay really stuck for a lot longer Mm -hmm. than you need to. So I suppose from, from your perspective, if anybody listening here is... You know really noticing a shift in themselves, you know whether mm-hmm. it's kind of perimenopausal symptoms, whether kind of full blown menopause is swooping on in and and taking okay. hold like it has done with you, what would you say is the kind of the most easy first step that somebody could take if they're wanting to just start to feel that bit more supported or you know feel feel that there is a little bit more hope in terms of moving through it
1: okay the first thing I'm going to suggest is they get a symptom tracker um I have one and it's basically every possible symptom you can have and you just like tick a box so you can so you can physically see what's going on and then it gives you a little bit of a oh okay I'm not bananas um and it's not just the not just the obvious ones that you will know of. It's not just hot flushes. It's not just brain fog or tiredness. Um, there's a whole world of them that I had no idea. Like dry eyes. Um, I was diagnosed with blepharitis, which is like chronic dry eyes, about four and a half years ago, and it was excruciating. Can't wear your contacts. Can't wear makeup. Um, and it was only my mum who went. Oh, I wonder if that is to do with the menopause, loop, because that happened to me. And I was like, Are you joking? literally my eyeballs are going to pop out because they're so dry so that's one um and also a whole load of stuff can happen downstairs like you know just be really mindful of all your lady parts and looking after them because I didn't know that was a thing as well I just thought that was part and parcel of having had a baby no you can get that fixed so that's where I'll leave that conversation (laughs) so the first one is to be physically like informed and the second thing I mean the advice for the NHS give is seek advice which is Mm. ironic because they don't have nobody in the NHS who can offer any valuable advice but um, obviously I would ask people to come and hunt me out um, because what I do is offer them peace and if they they can do videos online of tapping just to give themselves a little fucking break that even though this is happening it's not going to be forever and there are coping strategies there are ways to live with this without it living it for you you know you can take control of it Mm. so make it make things easy be informed and question everything
2: Mm. you
1: know like is this a thing does this have to be a thing anymore can we change it
2: Mm. those
1: are my three top tips you asked for one sorry (laughs) love
0: a bonus or two who doesn't
2: (laughs) (laughs) amazing
0: well thank you so much for sharing and sharing so openly and honestly as well Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it and I know that people listening will as well and and if people want to get in touch with you if they want to find out how they can work with you or just soak up some of your wisdom through your brilliant content tell us tell us how do we find you
1: well I'm mostly on Instagram I kind of I feel that very, it's very comfortable there for me. Um, and I am fairly prolific. Like, I don't have any content pillars, I'm afraid. I just talk whatever I feel like talking about that day. Um, I regularly do like mini little um, series where people can come and join in for a really low uh, time and cost commitment. And I have like videos on YouTube if people are inclined. I also have a very exciting website just called com. Catchy. I couldn't think of anything snazzier um and on there's loads more information about how you can work with me one-to-one i have lots of um like group programs that you can join or you can just buy off the shelf and do it at your leisure so i thoroughly invite you to come and find me (laughs) amazing
0: and yeah i love Louisa's content it is like massively entertaining and she always has these brilliant names for all her programs and courses like it's just like the gift that keeps on giving so go over there and check so it so out <laughs> <laughs> well take care of yourself thank continue you. to take care of yourself
1: <laughs> i will see you in the ether somewhere. i will see you all very right.
0: soon and yeah thank you so much it's been brilliant to chat Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Do Your Thing. If you enjoyed what you heard, it would mean the absolute world if you could take a moment or two to do one or all of the following small things, which could make a mega difference to the success of this podcast. Follow and subscribe to Do Your Thing, which means you'll never miss an episode. Rate or review the podcast. Or share the podcast with a friend who you think would enjoy listening to. And if you'd like to continue the conversation or explore working with me on a deeper level, you can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at The Parenthood Coach or join my email community, The Parenthood Retreat. Just go to theparenthoodcoach.co.uk forward slash newsletter. And remember, there's no right or wrong way to do life or parenthood. There's only your way. So get out there and do your thing unapologetically.
2: See you next time.